Hi, welcome to the BA Group. I'm Jonathan. I'm Mike. And I'm Debbie. Today we're going to talk about requirements and the challenges, the pitfalls, the, the issues with the word requirement. Um, we've got quite a few opinions on this, I think you'll find. Um, so let, let's kick off then. Um, Debbie, requirements, a word that you like, dislike? Yeah, I'm okay with it, actually. I think, I think it sums up what it is we're looking at. But I know that some people don't like it. And I, I don't understand why. Because to me, if we say there's a business need, if we say as a user role I want, if we say here's a feature that's needed, I'm thinking they're all requirements. Yeah. And why can't we just call them that? I'm, I'm with you. They're, they all sound like requirements to me. Uh, a stated or implied want or need, however that might be, is a requirement. However, I think there's certain practitioners that see the term as being overly academic or overly prescriptive. And I think there's a connotation with the word requirement and requirement engineering to the waterfall life cycle, which I don't get. I really don't get. Um, I think requirements are relevant in any life cycle. Requirements engineering is relevant because we need to understand the stated or implied needs of our stakeholders. And yet the, these terms seem to be strangely controversial. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bemused as to why that is the case, but, but they, 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 they do appear to be controversial. Mike, <laughs> any thoughts? This is going to be. This could be our shortest podcast because we're we're going to violently agree that uh, we we don't see the problem with requirements. But what what is it? What what is it you think that might be causing the problem? I, I wonder if the if there's that um, that overemphasis or, or perhaps an over preponderance to think about the engineering element of it, and maybe that scares people off. But mm. actually, I'm, I find myself just agreeing with the pair of you, which which doesn't always happen on our pods, does it? No. It doesn't. No. <laughs> I think maybe that word engineering, people think that it's prescriptive and it is, we're trying, that the, the engineering life cycle is trying to prescribe to you how to do your work as a requirements engineer or business analyst. I don't see it in that way at all. I see it as giving you a standard, a framework to work within and a framework that you can apply to any context. Uh, so we're going to elicit, analyze, validate our requirements, we're going to document and manage them. And we'll do that irrespective of the change life cycle. What that gives me is as a requirements engineer, a repeatable process from which to do my work that I can learn from my successes, my failures. I can talk to other requirements engineers about pitfalls of elicitation or analysis or validation and how we could best improve those things. And it's, it for me feels just, just odd that we would take away those terms and that language and that that approach that I find to be very adaptable why would we why would we not do that why would we not want to have well engineers well formed high quality and accurate and precise requirements it just seems it seems really strange is, is there is there a risk that actually what what we have here is is the the view that we've got requirements over engineering so if we put too much detail into our requirements catalog too soon is, is that what the problem is, that this, this view that we've got to fill in all of this detail up front, which is, which is what we prob would, probably would have done in a waterfall approach. Uh, but is, is that what might be causing the problem here, that not realising you can, you can do this sort of a, 
at different levels of detail? Maybe what it is, is that requirements engineers have in the past come out with these huge documents, mm. many, many pages, 100, 200 pages of requirements. I've heard of one project that came out with 10,000 individual requirements for a fairly basic piece of functionality. Wow. And, and, and that was... That was probably, you know, an impression of, well, this is what we get if we engineer requirements. For me, that is absolutely abhorrent practice. That is not what we're aiming for. That's that's abhorrent requirements engineering, but it doesn't mean there's a problem with the word requirement or requirements engineering. It's the practitioners misapplying the techniques in order to generate what I would I would describe as substandard outcomes. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's it really, isn't it? Because, you know, a requirement means it's something you require. That's easy. And, and that can apply to all sorts of different things at all sorts of different levels. If you associate requirement with very detailed and wordy requirements catalogue, that's another issue altogether. And I speak as somebody who, if I can't draw it in a diagram, I really am a bit concerned because I'm quite a visual thinker. So to me, if I'm looking at requirements, I do like a use case diagram. There we are, I've said it, I'll admit it. I like to see my boundary. I like to see the possible areas of features and I can do it at different levels if I want to and I can capture it on a page. So what's not to love? But mm. if, if it has to go into a lot of detail, almost because people think they should, do you know what I mean? It's that, well, I've got to do a requirements catalogue, so I've got to think about all these different aspects. You're then into the, um, the old Dave Snowden saying that um, people are following cookbooks. Mm. Yeah, that, that yeah. me, actually. Yeah. It, it, it is true, though, isn't it? And, and so that's where I wonder if where people are associating requirement with following very detailed method rather than yeah. requirement. Somebody wants it. And, and maybe, <laughs> which is a different maybe, thing and maybe the requirements engineering discipline has 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 become known for following the method without thinking about the business outcome yeah and that's that's a problem in requirements engineering as as a discipline we need to tackle that we need to call it out we need to improve our standards and improve our our quality of outcomes um but it's it's doesn't mean we throw away the 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 very rigorous thinking that sits behind it. And I'm I'm, I'm going to share. I think um, I think requirements engineering is happening, even if the uh, if it's a user sat or, or a product owner sat with a developer and they're discussing what they want on a screen. Even if they've never heard of the requirements engineering and management lifecycle, I still think they're eliciting. I still think they're analysing to a greater or lesser extent. And as soon as the developer says, is, is that what you'd like on the screen? And if the if the product owner or the user says yes, they've, they've, they've started to validate for me. And there might be no documentation other than the screen, but there's still this concept of a there's a record of what it was that we've captured. And I'm with you. I like I like these cases. I like user stories in the right context, and I like to use both of them together. Um, the, the thing I really like about requirements, though, is the capture of knowledge associated with the business. I think far too often as requirements engineers, we start with a blank sheet of paper, and and for me, this is this is wasteful. It's not. Um, it's not advantageous to us as a professional discipline. It's not advantageous to, to our businesses. 
we should be starting with some sort of common understanding, a blueprint, a model that we could refer to, be it a, I quite like business use case diagrams, the conceptual statements of what the business um, wants and needs. And, and it shows the business boundary and the actors outside the business boundary. That kind of model allows us to think in a conceptual and abstract way and helps, allows us to think in, about innovation as well. And if we've got that type of model, and it could be a different model, but something where we can capture and reuse knowledge, not for the sake of making our jobs as requirements engineers easier, but for helping our businesses improve over the long term in alignment with strategic goals and outcomes, and also as a foundation for business agility. So we can reuse our business use cases or our, our requirements in many different possible solutions. I, I, I find this a, an area that is is one that I think requirements engineering as a discipline needs to step up to the link to architecture and the impact of requirements on design. Um, I think I think we've really got to start to to improve our professional discipline in these areas as best we can. I've just realised I've been ranting for a good time. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, well, that's Jonathan gone off on a rant there. What do you reckon, Mike? <laughs> what? Well, it's not as bad as the, the rusty occasion. We uh, we <laughs> maintain a reasonable level of uh, of smiling. So, um, but coming back to that point, if if there is this sort of perception that requirements are too sort of um, fussy, too detailed, um, how do we how do we address that? How can we how can we sort of counter that argument, or do we need to? Do we just say, oh, actually, the requirement doesn't need to be as detailed as that? Uh, you don't need all of that extra stuff. I think we I think we do have to look at context. Jonathan used the word context twice in that uh, requirements rant, as we'll now call it. Um, and and context is absolutely key. It's key to everything we do. Let's face it. You know, sometimes there is a requirement that's got a lot of depth of business rules underneath it, and we are going to have to get underneath that because actually. I don't know about you guys, but I've encountered the situation where I've sat down with an end user or a person from the business and talked to them about the rules. And actually, because they've never had to apply the rules because they're within a system somewhere, they don't actually know what the rules are necessarily. And that's not a criticism. That's just the way business has evolved over the last 20 years. And so somebody's got to uncover what those rules are. And that can mean looking at all sorts of different documents or talking to different people in order to find that out. Um, so you do get some requirements like that, where there's a lot of work to do. Mm. And then you get others where actually there isn't a lot of work to do and doing something like prototyping and looking at how it might look and, and you know testing on the screen and that type of thing, that works absolutely brilliantly. And so context is what it's all about. Mm. And, and in my mind, if you are a professional in our BA area, you can adapt to context. And that, to me, is what it's all to do within requirements. Mm. And, and that context, the business context, the risk of that individual requirement, if you, if you get things wrong, the benefit of getting it right. Um, the strategic importance of it, its priority. There's there's loads of aspects in terms of the context, but I think I think there's there's there has been a habit of some requirements engineers to fill out the template. Yeah, they have without thinking about the context, the priority, the uh, the innovation, for example. 
and and that's causing maybe some of this problem with regard to the word requirements and requirements engineering and and we've got to call it out as as professionals that that that's not what's expected and intended we should adapt to our context but also we should have some standards and standards that enable innovation not ones that constrain um so uh, I've seen, for example, user stories and a user story for me, a short statement as AI wants so that that enables a discussion at a later point or so a placeholder for a conversation. But I've seen user stories that have very prescriptive screen designs attached to them and detailed business rules as to how you process the data. That's not a user story. That's something else. It might be very useful. Uh, for the people that are using that template. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but let's call it out. It's not a user story any longer. It's not a placeholder for that conversation. Mm. Yes, and I think I think that's exactly the point, really. But it, it does come back to horses for courses, doesn't it? You know, if we're professionals with a toolkit, if we understand business outcomes and how we can help enable projects to get there, then we do a better job. And whether we call them requirements, use cases, user stories, scenarios, yeah. whatever, wireframes, it's the same thing. Yeah. Don't you think, the, Mike? Yeah, I, and there is there is a problem there, isn't it? If we if we call something lots of different names, then that's bound to cause confusion, isn't it? That's bound to um, it's bound to sort of sow some seeds of doubt in the usefulness on, on those because we've 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 watered things down again, and and actually we, we ought to be perhaps we ought to be focusing on the core of what a requirement is and saying, well, all of these things are requirements. Actually, let's talk about them as requirements and reinforce that. I don't know. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, and I think reinforcing standards, uh, building rigour, um, building common understanding, absolutely essential. The other angle on this is the customer and the customer experience. So those requirements that you're describing could impact the external customer's customer experience and how they experience the product or the service that they're engaged with. There's far too many times you're stuck in, in some sort of process where you've got a never ending loop. I had one um, a few weeks ago, I was trying to change payment details on a particular thing. And because the payment was gonna be taken within three working days of me trying to change my payment details, I was stuck in a never ending loop of not being able to change the payment details. And so it was kind of, well, I've got no way out. So I've done the scenario analysis and it was a really poor customer experience. And, and the customer experience led to that organization telling me I'd missed the payment, uh, but I'd missed the payment because I couldn't undertake the payment details for them. So <laughs> it's, um, and, and this is, you know, I've mentioned architecture and design, but the customer experience could be negatively or positively impacted by a failure or a success in the business requirements. Um, the, other, the other angle, I think we've got to look after our colleagues. We've got to look after designers, architects, developers, and testers. So when we're thinking about the stakeholders of these requirements, we've got to ask for feedback more often and ask what's working and what's not working and be open to that feedback and then listening and learning to it so that we can improve how we actually do our engineering requirements relative to our context. Yeah, I think as well, though, we do have to understand there's different levels to all of mm -hmm. this. We really do. And there's 
and there's different priorities, not just in the case of how quickly something needs to be out there, but in terms of the different aspects that need to be emphasized within the requirement as being a priority. And I think there's a lot of things we can think about around that, but it requires analytical thinking to do that. And it requires an understanding of the business. And it requires, as you said, understanding our colleagues who are going to be working with us and, and maybe with the artifacts we deliver in order to move towards the outcomes from the organization. So there's all sorts of different aspects here, but the word requirement isn't the problem. Mm, it's the I'm application and understanding that takes us to those business outcomes that we need to focus on. And I'm going to entirely agree. And I'm going to say that we should wrap up this BA brew at this point. Any ideas or any suggestions for future pods? Um, very much welcomed. Any feedback on, on the pods is also welcomed. Please email us at babrew at assistkd.com. Thank you.